We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you are enjoying your daily dose of the Pack a Day podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button below. Would be Super appreciative of that and just so grateful for you being here. Before I get into the, to today's episode, I did just want to give a huge shout out to Tyler Herrick. You can follow him on Twitter at Tyler Herrick. Tyler, thanks so much for all the work that you have done on the thumbnails, the new design, all of it, the new logo. Like It just looks absolutely fantastic. He does phenomenal work. If you need some social media work done or just, just anything, just literally call Tyler. He'll come and fix your plumbing. Like He does it all, but huge shout out to Tyler uh, for everything and so excited to be partnering with him this offseason, hopefully many more months after that as well. Uh, but again, shout out to Tyler. And before we jump into today's episode, just a couple news and notes as well from Sunday. Jair Alexander, a huge pick six in February. Fortunately, not in the Super Bowl, but in the, I don't know, flag football Pro Bowl game. I couldn't tell you anything else that happened. Not my cup of tea. Not a huge fan of the Pro Bowl skill stuff. If you love it, you do you. No judgment, no anything. Uh, just 
not my thing. And I'm, maybe other stuff happened. I, I don't know, but uh, don't really care if I'm being totally honest. But I guess Jair had a pick six in the flag football game. So that's still cool. Like I said, if there was a you know pick six in February by Jair Alexander, I wish it was happening in the Super Bowl, but I, I guess that's cool nonetheless. Uh, also, Devonta Adams came out as first team all troll. So he is basically saying, yeah, all the stuff he's posting on social media and kind of picking and prodding at Packer fans and Raiders fans and all the stuff about Rodgers. Yeah, he's trolling a little bit. And guess what? If you were in his situation, you would do the exact same thing. It does seem like he's legitimately interested in reuniting with Devon or with Aaron Rodgers this season, um, which I'm sure he is. Uh, his best friend is no longer going to be the quarterback. And now they are completely, you know, quarterbackless. They don't know who's going to be the quarterback. So yeah, if you're Devonta, you probably are hoping for Aaron Rodgers in a reuniting of their, you know, unique chemistry and their just super human abilities out on the field together. So we'll see what happens. This is just another day in the Rodgers saga, no closer to an ultimate decision, but it does seem like Adams is legitimately interested in playing with Rodgers, but he also knows that he's doing a little bit of trolling with the situation as well. On a piece of good news uh, from Sunday, we did learn that Ajiro Averro is not going to be the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He chose the defensive coordinator job with the Carolina Panthers. I wasn't super concerned if he went to the Vikings simply because I don't think that Vikings team is going to be competing for a Super Bowl. If you missed my episode yesterday, highlighting some of the issues with the NFC North over on YouTube, um, definitely check that out uh, because I, I don't think the Vikings are going to be in a position where they're winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. And one of two things would have happened. Averro would have helped the Vikings, certainly. I don't think there's any question about that. I think he's a really sound defensive coordinator, but if he went out and had, him, had an awesome year next year with Minnesota, he probably gets a head coaching job next year. And even if he does an awesome job with that defense, I still don't think that team is competing for a Super Bowl. So I'm not super concerned about it if that were that did come to fruition. Um, and then if he didn't perform well in Minnesota, well, then it didn't matter anyway. And that ends up being a solid result anyway. So it, it didn't seem like there was like that much at stake for me, but that all being said, I still prefer him in Carolina. That sounds like a much better deal for Green Bay than him ending up in Minnesota. So Averro ends up as the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. All right, onwards to our main topic for today. And I don't know about you, if you're an NBA fan at all, it is NBA trade season. The deadline is this coming Thursday. Kyrie Irving got traded on Sunday and everyone has their NBA trade machines out and figuring out all right, what trades make sense and what first round picks can be traded. And, you know, the Bucks may be buyers at the deadline and all of it. It's just, it's so much fun. And if you listen to the Low Post podcast, which I do religiously, like all of the fake, it's fake trade season in the NBA. So in the spirit of fake trade season, what I wanted to do was go over some potential fake trades that could maybe be real trades uh, for the Packers this offseason and see what deals could make sense. Because let's just be real here for a second. There are a lot of scenarios that could play out. Aaron Rodgers could end up being traded. If he's not, Jordan Love could end up being traded. If they do end up going in some sort of rebuild situation, Aaron Jones could end up being traded. And even if those three don't come to fruition, there is another player on this roster who I'm sure they would love to trade, which I've talked about a little bit throughout this offseason as well, and that is Darnell Savage. So there are some real possibilities. And oh, by the way, they could be buyers for some players as well, which I will also discuss. I'll go over some players that I think they could be interested in if they could get in the conversations for those specific players. So let's start out with the elephant in the room this offseason. 
how we basically almost are starting every conversation this offseason, it seems like, and that's with Aaron Rodgers. So I've talked a lot about Aaron this offseason, no questions asked. You have to, right? Like it's the huge game-changing, franchise-altering decision that's facing Green Bay this offseason. I've talked about potential destinations. I've talked about why they should trade him. I've gone over all of it, right? Today, I want to look at what are some potential options if they did decide to trade him and what compensation they could get in return. Now, here is where my mind is just at a total fight with itself, all right? So on one hand, let's just re regroup here for a second, right? If Aaron Rodgers is traded, the team that is trading for him is basically, they'd have to go into the, the decision thinking that there is a real chance that they get him for only one season. And maybe he says, hey, that could be two seasons. That could be three seasons. But if you're a team that's trading with him, you have to go under, you know, go into the trade with the impression that this is probably a one-year rental. Could it be more? Maybe, but you, there's just no way you can operate under the feeling that it's anything more than that and that you're ultimately getting two, three, four years of Aaron Rodgers. It just seems like the most logical mindset that you would have to have as a team trading for him is that this is a one-year rental. In addition, as a one-year rental, you are going to have to pay him almost $60 million. Now, that is going to likely be split up over three seasons. So part of that's going to be a, a decently low cap hit in this coming season in 2023, and then a decently low cap hit in 2024, and then a little bit more in 2025. You can split that up through three seasons, pay him his, his uh, you know, base salary this year, probably end up releasing him next year or he retires. You pay a portion of that in 2015. You pay a portion in 2016 and then, or excuse me, 2014 and 2015. And then you, you feel pretty okay about things. It's split up, but you are still paying overall through the course of three seasons, almost $60 million for one year of Aaron Rodgers. So my logical brain tells me what logical franchise is going to trade. And the, the the two first round picks that we're hearing, right, is what was reported by Peter King. He said that the Jets were interested in, in, uh, in, in Aaron Rodgers and that the Packers were looking for two first round picks in exchange and that the Jets were willing to meet that criteria. So that, that's where the sort of like two first round picks. But my mind tells me what logical franchise is going to give the Green Bay Packers two first round picks for the right to pay Aaron Rodgers for one season, almost $60 million, and he's coming off the worst season of his career as a starter. That doesn't like add up, right? Let me just ask you this. Is there a player right now in the NFL, any player you want, any player that you want, if you are a GM of a franchise, pick your franchise. You can pick any team in the NFL right now. Is there a, a player that you would say, I will take one year of that player, and I will give up 60 million in salary cap space spread out over three seasons and two first round picks for that player for just one season. Is there a player that you would do that for? Patrick Mahomes certainly comes to mind. That would probably be the one that you'd have to consider. But even in that scenario, you are putting a lot of eggs in one basket for one season with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback saying, we're going to go all in, we're going to win this season. And if we don't, oh crap. Maybe some, like, maybe, like, maybe you would, maybe your answer to that question is yes, but it is a lot to ask of another NFL franchise to say, I'm going to give up two first round picks for the right to pay Aaron Rodgers over $60 million for one season as quarterback. And we'll just see what happens. That is the one side of my mind.
The other side of my mind reminds me there are no logical teams in the NFL, or at least very few logical teams in the NFL. And teams are desperate. General managers want to keep their job. With Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl two seasons ago with an all-in approach and the Rams basically being F them picks, yeah, teams are now more likely than ever to say, we're going to go gamble at things. We got a good young core. We've got a good coaching staff. We've got everything we need except the quarterback. It worked for the Rams with Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford can bring the Rams to a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers can bring the Jets to the Super Bowl, or Aaron Rodgers can bring the Raiders to the Super Bowl. So while my mind tells me you you, you should not do that, you should not give two first round picks and $60 million for one year of an almost 40 year old quarterback coming off the worst year of his career, that seems like a bad idea. My other side of my mind is telling me, yeah, that definitely seems like something the Jets or some other random NFL team would absolutely do because that's what NFL teams do. They get desperate, they get crazy, right? At the end of the day, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think, and what I've said is I think be cautious going into the season. If Aaron is traded, that you're going to get this treasure trove of stuff. I would recommend going in saying like, it might not be as much as you think. And if it ends up being two first round picks and some stuff, freaking awesome, right? Better to be prepared for worse and, uh, or expect worse and, and hope for better, right? I think that's kind of how I'm going into this if he does end up traded. And I think it's, like I said, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. And I think the use of conditional picks could be huge in this, where maybe you do move up in the draft or you get a first round pick this year, or you get a high-end pick or a high-end player, and then you get a conditional piece on top of that next year if they win a Super Bowl, if he wins MVP, something like that, where you do get a premium pick next year as well, where if he doesn't do well or the team doesn't make the playoffs, they don't get as much or maybe don't get anything additional. So I do think some conditional picks could be at play here to sort of buffer this for both sides. But I do think Green Bay gets a pretty decent haul still for Aaron Rodgers. Is it going to be as much as the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson last year? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, but again, almost almost nothing, as I've said all offseason long, almost nothing would surprise me with the Aaron Rodgers saga this offseason. So with that in mind, knowing that it could be less than we're expecting, but maybe some team just is like, you know what, screw it. We're going to give whatever it takes to get him. Here are some trades that I think could make sense for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go over the Jets, the Raiders, and I'm going to throw a Panthers one out there as well, just for the fun of it. So my New York Jets fake trade here that maybe could come to fruition is going to be Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, and pick 13 for Aaron Rodgers and Darnell Savage. And let me just touch on the Darnell Savage piece of this really quick, because if anyone's been listening to me all offseason, I am dying to trade away Darnell Savage. The reason being, if you look at any of the scenarios, go back and listen to all of my offseason scenarios, whether Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, if you want a reboot, a rebuild, or a all-in, all of those scenarios are hard to do with Darnell Savage's guaranteed contract on the book. So I am dying to figure out a way for, to get Darnell Savage's guaranteed deal. And it, his is a weird deal. Or not not weird, but it's abnormal unless it's like you're picking up a fifth year option. That's one of the only scenarios in which if you trade the player because his base salary is all guaranteed and there's no bonuses. So if you trade Darnell Savage, the team that trades for him takes on his entire guaranteed salary. There's no bonus attached with it that you would normally have to eat as the team trading him away. So he is in that weird scenario where if you trade away Darnell Savage, the team that trades for him takes on his entire salary. So 
That's why I'm so uh, really wanting to get rid of Darnell Savage because it just opens you up whether you are all in, whether you're rebooting, whether you're rebuilding. It opens up additional scenarios for you when you don't have that guaranteed salary on the books for a player that, let's just be real, hasn't given you what you've expected over the course of his first four seasons in the NFL. So in this situation, just to recap, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, and pick 13 for Aaron Rodgers and Darnell Savage. So the first thing you might be thinking is from a Jets standpoint, okay, from a Jets standpoint, I am not super excited. If I'm going all in with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not excited necessarily about trading two wide receivers away in Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims. Why would I be motivated to do that? Here's the thing. If you get Aaron Rodgers, guess who you're probably getting with him? Randall Cobb, right? So you're already going to start with a wide receiver group. If you trade away Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, who kind of fell out of favor already, even in his first year, Denzel Mims, who has never been in favor with that franchise, you're probably starting with Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb, and Braxton Berrios as your top four wide receivers next year. And you still have an off season to gain more than that. You could go out and sign an Alan Lazard to add to that group if you really wanted to and pair him with Aaron Rodgers. You could go out and make additional trades, or you could go out and draft wide receivers as well. So I don't see that as a deal breaker for the Jets. And I don't see necessarily, like we talk all the time about Aaron Rodgers wanting to work with veteran wide receivers. This is a Denzel Mims and uh, Elijah Moore probably end up on Aaron Rodgers' not great list very quickly. And the chemistry probably never develops. And he probably wants to be throwing to really good or veteran receivers. Enter Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, right? So I don't think that becomes a deal breaker. Green Bay picks up number 13 pick in the draft. I'm not adding any future first round picks. I'm not adding any conditional picks. Like I said, I don't buy into the full, you know, two first round picks entirely, but this is pretty darn close. So you basically get four things out of this. You get the 13th overall pick, which is a really nice pick and it pairs really nicely with Green Bay's number 15 overall. So you basically have two out of three picks right in the middle of that draft. Meanwhile, you get a second round wide receiver in Elijah Moore, a second round pick in Denzel Mims. And how fun would a Jordan Love wide receiver core going into the draft and going into the offseason be when you've got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samore Toure, Denzel Mims, and Elijah Moore? That is a really fun group of five young super talented wide receivers. And some of those are lottery tickets, right? I would even, like you could almost argue all of them are, but Watson, we've seen enough from, but Dobbs, Toure, Moore, Mims, all high-end lottery tickets that could pay off big, maybe a little bit less for Toure, but overall you get what I'm saying. Like that is a really strong starting point for your wide receiver core that gives Jordan Love a plethora of weapons in his first year. I'm not saying be done there. I don't think you count on Denzel Mims. I don't think you count on Samore Toure. And I think you still probably want to acquire another playmaker for that offense. Or maybe you look to the tight end position, either via free agency or the draft to help out Jordan Love a little bit as well. But I love the idea of getting two high-end lottery ticket wide receivers in Mims and Elijah Moore to go into this Matt LaFleur offense, play with Jordan Love, and you get pick 13 to pair with pick 15 as well. That to me feels fair from both sides. The Jets don't have to mortgage their the future of their draft picks, right? They're giving up one pick, one first rounder that they don't, you know, that, that it's probably not super concerning to them. They get Aaron Rodgers in exchange. They still have Zach Wilson as a developmental quarterback behind him that may benefit very much so from pay, playing a year behind Aaron Rodgers. They don't give up any of their wide receivers that would, you know, like, 
losing Elijah Moore hurts a little bit, but Mims is out of the rotation anyway. They're still going to have a solid wide receiver core. Garrett Wilson's going to dominate the numbers from a wide receiver standpoint. You know, Cobb's probably going there with them. And you still have Corey Davis. Like Braxton Barris is a nice receiver. They're still going to be fine there. And on this side of things, you for the Packers side, you also get rid of Darnell Savage's contract, which is probably akin to about a fourth round pick-ish, I would say, that it would take to get off of his contract. So the fact that you get off of Savage's salary, the fact that you pick up two lottery ticket wide receivers and get pick 13 in the draft, I think that's fairly fair value and it doesn't break anything for the Jets either. So that to me makes sense for both sides. And like I said, I really enjoy that wide receiver course starting off of Watson, Dobbs, Moore, Toure, and Mims uh, as five super talented young receivers. So that is a potential fake trade, Jets and Packers. How about the Raiders? This is another one where I'm going to say Rodgers and Darnell Savage go to the Raiders and in return, you get pick seven and a second round pick swap. So the Raiders pick a little bit ahead, I think about eight picks ahead of the Packers in the second round. So they get a little bit of an earlier second round pick. They swap those second round picks. You get off of Darnell Savage's contract again. And in this scenario, you get the number seven overall pick. Once again, like you could say like, hey, Green Bay could get two first round picks, right? Well, let's say those two picks fall in the 20s. I would you rather have a you know 25th first round pick this year and a 25th first round pick next year, or would you rather have the seventh overall pick and also move up in the second round this year? To me, I would probably take the seventh overall pick and Green Bay could move that pick down and pick up a lot of extra draft capital as well. Picking up a pick in the top, not only the top 10, but like the top eight of this draft is going to be really, really huge for Green Bay to start rebuilding this team. They have pick 15. They could pair those together to go up and get a premium player even higher if they wanted to. There's so many things that would be at Brian Gutekunst's disposal by picking up that pick. They have the second round pick swap, which basically gets them three picks in the top 38, which would be huge for Green Bay. And again, you get off of Darnell Savage's contract. So that might it might feel a little bit steep for the Raiders, but if you're the Raiders, like they were expecting to compete last year, right? So they could have easily been picking if they finished the way that they thought they would have. And like, I don't know, pick 25 anyway. The the fact that they're picking pick seven is, I guess, a bonus, but it means that they need a quarterback and they need one now because that division has Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And even the Broncos are probably expected to be a little bit better with Sean Payton at the helm. So that's a very tough division still to play in. And this is a team that if they don't go out and get a top tier quarterback is probably going to finish fourth, regardless of who they have with the seventh pick in the draft. And Josh McDaniels, you want to talk about irrational teams that have probably a ton of pressure on them? Yeah. Enter Josh McDaniels, right? That is a coach with a ton of pressure on him. So Devontae and Aaron Rodgers reunited. You only give up basically pick seven. That, like that's it, right? You're swapping second round picks, but you're not even concerned about that if you're the Raiders. You give up one first round draft pick. You take on uh, Darnell Savage and you get Aaron Rodgers out of it. I think that again is a trade that probably could make sense for both teams. Now we enter the Carolina Panthers, not a team that I think is super likely, but they're kind of a sneaky team. Frank Reich at quarterback or at uh, head coach now, you know, they get Avero as defensive coordinator. They've got some young talent and Brian Burns and um, and Jeremy Chin amongst others, Joe Horn. Uh, like I'd like the, some of the players on their defense. I like some of the DJ Moore at wide receiver. They went out and got LaVisca Chenault who didn't play a ton, but was fairly explosive when he actually got in the game for Carolina last year. Like they're an interesting team. Like they go out and improve the, you know, the, the offensive line a little bit. Like I like I said, they're actually sort of intriguing to me. For the, the Panthers in this fake trade, they give up pick nine in the draft. 
Also do a second round pick swap. So Green Bay moves up a little bit in the second round. You also get Tommy Tremble, the tight end, which would be a potential long-term tight end for the Packers for once again, Aaron Rodgers and Darnell Savage. So you still pick up a top 10 pick in the draft. You still move up in the second round. In this in this trade, because you're not picking seven, you're moving down a couple spots. You're getting a little bit of a worse pick in the second round as well. You get Tommy Tremble in this trade. You also maybe have a little bit of an NFC tax or making an NFC team pay just a little bit more, in which case you get Tommy Tremble out of this one as well. So probably like uh, maybe the the, um, the Raiders went a little bit better at pick seven, but hey, pick nine, second round pick swap and Tommy Tremble would not be too upset over that either. And again, all of these fall a little bit short of probably just you know two first round picks or anything like that. And hey, if Green Bay can get it, awesome. If they can get another first round pick out of one of these teams, if they can put on on a conditional pick, depending on if Rodgers wins a you know MVP or a Super Bowl, awesome. By all means, go get it. But I think these would basically be fair trades for all sides involved and would get Green Bay some really young talent, especially with getting top 10 picks from you know the, the Raiders, the Panthers, or in the case of the Jets, pick 13 with a couple really high end, you know, a couple really nice flyers at wide receiver as well. And maybe, you know, as we look at this, if you're looking at these three trades, you might say, well, the Raiders is the Raiders and the Panthers are way better than the Jets. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think the Jets one is the best in this scenario, but if he like is like, I'm only going to the Jets, or if the Jets end up offering the best trade, then you take that one, or maybe you go back to the Jets and say, hey, the Raiders and the Panthers offered a little bit more. You're gonna have to up it. You need at least uh, you know, a future first or a you know, second round pick this year to add on top of that. Maybe the Jets say yes, maybe they say no, but that's where you start, you know, basically negotiating these things. So those are some trades I do think could make sense for Aaron Rodgers. Again, Jets, Raiders, and Panthers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How about if Aaron Rodgers is back and Jordan Love says, hey, I, great, kudos to you. You got Aaron back. It's awesome that he's going to retire a Packer, but guys, you've got to get me out of here. I'm in my fourth year. I want to be a starter. And maybe Green Bay just says no, right? Maybe they say, no, we're not going to do that. You're under contract. You know, we're we're going to let this season play out and we're, you know, we'll figure out your fifth year option. I, to me, if they bring back Aaron, 
You can't really pick up his fifth-year option. That becomes insanely tough. You can't just let him walk for nothing. And if he's demanding a trade in that scenario, I think you just go do it. I really, really do. If you bring back Aaron, which again, I'm not a proponent of, I think you go with Jordan this year. But if you do bring back him and Jordan demands a trade at that point, if you're not going to pick up his fifth-year option or make him like the starter next year, at that point, I I just think you have to move on and, and see what you can get in return. I've mentioned this trade already. I love this trade. I love this trade for both teams. The Indianapolis Colts and the Green Bay Packers, you trade, in a, and remember in this scenario, Aaron is back. You trade Jordan Love and a 2024 conditional pick for Michael Pittman and a 2024 conditional pick. And basically how this works out, remember that both Jordan Love um, and Michael Pittman are in the last years of their deal. So you could end up in a scenario where Jordan Love goes to the Colts and he's not good and they don't resign him. You could end up with a scenario where Michael Pittman comes to Green Bay, but maybe he's maybe he's good, but they don't end up resigning him and he ends up amounting to nothing. You could end up where Michael Pittman comes to Green Bay and helps Green Bay win a, win a Super Bowl and they sign him to a long-term deal. You could end up in a scenario where Jordan Love becomes the future franchise quarterback of the, the Indianapolis Colts. I think what you can do in this situation is build conditions on both sides saying, hey, Michael Pittman has to reach certain thresholds. And if he does, we're going to send you additional draft compensation next year. Jordan Love needs to eat or needs to eat, needs to hit uh, certain thresholds. And if he does, we'll send you certain compensation next year. And if Jordan Love doesn't do anything, and if Pittman doesn't like, I think there's ways to actually build in some back doors to that trade to make it so that both teams win no matter what. And I do think there are, uh, again, ways that you can put language in that deal, depending on what the 2024 compensation comes to fruition. And in a perfect world, Michael Pittman comes in, plays great for Green Bay. Maybe they re-sign him to a contract and he ends up being a longtime player for Green Bay. And meanwhile, Jordan Love ends up the starting quarterback in Indianapolis and both teams get something out of it. But I think this bakes in if like Pittman's great and Jordan Love's not, Green Bay owes the Colts a little bit more compensation next year. And if Jordan Love is awesome. And maybe Michael Pittman doesn't really hit the the thresh marks, uh, the thresholds, I should say, the benchmarks, thresholds. Uh, if he doesn't hit those, then Green, then uh, Indianapolis owes Green Bay a little bit more in draft compensation next year. I think it's a really cool idea. I think there's ways to potentially make it work. You could just do a Pittman for Love swap. That's not maybe off the table either and say, hey, whatever happens, happens. That could work. Indianapolis is in need of a lottery ticket at tight end or at quarterback. My goodness. They're in need of a lottery ticket at quarterback. And um, I do think that this is a scenario where even if they draft a quarterback early, even if they go out and get, I don't know, enter some Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, whoever they end up getting next year, I do think having Jordan Love to compete for that spot just makes so much sense. And just giving up a wide receiver where they have an Alec Pierce, they could bring back a Paris Campbell if they really wanted to. Like they've got a different, a few different ways that they can build that wide receiver core. I just think that that could ultimately make a lot of sense for both sides. The other one that would be sort of interesting is if Aaron Rodgers is back, guess who still needs a quarterback? The Raiders. And this is another scenario where maybe they can't get high up enough to get a premium quarterback. Maybe there's no more Tom Brady. I think we all kind of thought maybe, hey, Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, maybe that makes some sense. That's not an option either. So they're in a situation where they might need a lottery ticket at quarterback as well, or at least competition. How about Darren Waller for Jordan Love? The, The Raiders probably aren't, you know, like Waller didn't play that much. He's on a high deal. Like they 
they may not like be super excited about paying him his contract next year if they don't have the quarterback that they need. And we know Green Bay was super interested in getting Darren Waller last year. And if they're going in all in on another season in Green Bay, then bringing in Waller and giving Aaron Rodgers a legit option at tight end could make all the sense in the world, especially as they probably have to move on from an Alan Lazard and um, are going to have to count on some you know younger wide receivers at that position. Like getting a real true playmaker and Darren Waller, if he can stay healthy, that could really be a, a really important get for Green Bay. So not the ideal scenario, in my opinion. Again, not what I would personally do, but that could be a deal that makes sense where Love goes to the Raiders and has an opportunity to compete for a starting job there. Be a little painful watching Jordan Love to Devontae Adams potentially, but in return, you get Aaron Rodgers to Darren Waller in Green Bay, and that could be a connection that could pay dividends for Green Bay on a season where they're desperately going to be trying to win it all. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe that could be something that works. Who knows? All right, some other deals that could potentially make sense. What if Green Bay does, in fact, do a little bit more of a rebuild and teams come calling for Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones has a contract that is quite exorbitant and they are going to have to rework if he's back on the team. You could make an argument if they are not going to bring Aaron Rodgers back and they're going to do a little bit of a rebuild that maybe just starting over at running back and picking somebody in the draft could make some sense. And of all the players on this team, where if they do go full rebuild, there's not a lot of veterans like Preston Smith is not going to have trade value. Like there's a lot of their their veterans that they could potentially get off of just won't have trade value. And like Bakhtiari might, but teams could really hem and haw about some of the injury stuff and just be like, hey, we're not willing to give up a huge contract to Bakhtiari plus draft compensation. He ultimately probably just ends up being more valuable to Green Bay in that situation. So the one player that does potentially have some trade value is Aaron Jones. Now, because of his contract and because of his age, it's probably not much, but two teams that could be interesting for Aaron Jones would be the New York Giants. Remember, Saquon Barkley is a free agent. They don't have uh, really anyone at running back slated this next season. Aaron Jones to the Giants for like a fifth round pick could make some sense. And I know some of you are going to be thinking like, oh my God, Aaron Jones for a fifth round pick? Like the, what? what? You have to remember, aging running backs with high contracts don't have trade value. I do think like it's a compliment to Aaron Jones, sincerely, that I think he has any trade value at this point in his career when he has that type of contract. So I do think the Giants who don't have a running back and have a bunch of salary cap space, I do think Aaron Jones for like a fifth round pick could make sense. And if you're Green Bay, you get off of that contract, you're going to have to eat, uh, uh, I think, half of it this upcoming season. But you get a fifth round pick in exchange and you're able to go get younger at that position. That could be something that makes sense. Same thing for the Ravens. I think a, a swap of... Um, Aaron Jones for Charlie Kohler could make some sense. They have Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely at tight end as their top two tight ends. They spent a fourth round pick on Charlie Kohler a year ago. They have Dobbins, but he hasn't stayed healthy. They have Gus Edwards. Like they could go with Aaron Jones and really hope that he could help that that team be a little bit more explosive in the running game. I think that could make me, be a deal that makes a lot of sense for the Ravens. Meanwhile, Green Bay gets in a tight end that I, my guess would be that they liked in the draft last year and has the ability to maybe solidify a spot in Green Bay as a starting tight end. Maybe not right away this year, but certainly part of the rotation and maybe could build into the, the future starting tight end that Green Bay really needs. So Aaron Jones for Charlie Kohler, another potential fake trade here that at least wanted to go over that could potentially make some sense. The other trade that I've also gone over this offseason as you're looking to get off of Darnell Savage I think it makes the, the Chicago Bears have a hundred million dollars to spend, and they'd be dumb to just spend it all in free agency because it's not a strong free agent class. 
I love the idea for them of basically taking on some dead salary and getting draft compensation for it in return, which is why I think a trade of Darnell Savage in a fourth round pick for some random Bears player that there is probably not going to make their team or the Packers team anyway, and like a seventh round pick, I said like a DeMarcus Gates I think could actually make some sense. So Savage and a fourth for DeMarcus Gates and a seventh. You get off of Savage's contract. The Bears take it on. They get a flyer on a former first round pick safety. They get a fourth round pick and they only give up a seventh in return. Like it, it just makes sense for like you're the, the Bears are basically buying a fourth round pick for like $7 million and they're getting a, a chance to look at Darnell Savage before he hits free agency. So uh, to me, that makes sense for both sides. It's a little bit of weird bedfellows as the, the Bears and Packers make a trade together. But I, I guess, like I said, I think it makes total sense for both sides. Now, last but not least, some players that I do think could make sense for Green Bay to try to go out and acquire. The first is probably contingent upon Aaron Rodgers being back. I think they need to find a young wide receiver who shows that they have talent that maybe hasn't fit in quite perfectly with the team that they're on or like is basically has isn't set to make a lot of money. They can't take on some exorbitant contract at wide receiver. Trading for a DeAndre Hopkins is really, really tough. Could they ultimately do it? They could, but you want young, a young, talented wide receiver who doesn't have a huge salary cap hit. There's three wide receivers that I think could make some sense. Van Jefferson from the Rams, Michael Pittman from the Colts, who we talked about already, and then Elijah Moore from the Jets, who we talked about already. I think those are three players that maybe don't fit in perfectly with the teams that they're in right now that are still on super low salaries. Now, Green Bay maybe could trade some draft compensation for in order to bring in and help you know, kickstart this wide receiver group that will have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, but probably loses, you know, maybe an Alan Lazard and could use a little bit more of maybe not like a, just a, like a rookie wide receiver where you're wondering, you know, how quickly is he going to be able to adapt? But somebody like a Van Jefferson who's played in Sean McVay's system could make a lot of sense and be somebody that could help out Aaron Rodgers sooner rather than later. I love the Michael Pittman one though. I just think that makes all the sense in the world for a team that could be trying to compete next year if Aaron is in fact back. And then last but not least, whether it's Aaron or whether it's Jordan Love, one of the other teams that I would be calling would be the Seattle Seahawks. They have three good tight ends. None of them are great. None of them are anything spectacular. All three of them are good. You don't always need three good tight ends. The Green Bay Packers will have zero tight ends under contract. Well, they have Josiah DeGuara, H-back, whatever, but like no real true starting caliber tight end. The Seahawks have Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson. And I would be on the phone with the Seahawks saying like, hey, we need one of these guys. What can we do to get one of your three tight ends? All three of them would probably be the immediate starter in Green Bay as we speak right now. If you could add in a Mercedes Lewis on top of that as your blocking tight end. If I went with any three of Fant, Disley, and Parkinson, I actually feel like that could be an upgrade from Robert Tunyon with any of the three. I've got Mercedes Lewis as my blocker, Josiah DeGuar as my H-back. I feel a lot better about the tight end position. So that would be another phone call that I would possibly make. So some potential Aaron Rodgers trades, some potential Jordan Love trades, an Aaron Jones trade, a Darnell Savage trade, maybe looking at some young wide receivers and calling the Seahawks potentially for tight ends. Those are some trades that I think could make sense for Green Bay this offseason. As always, trade value is in the eye of the beholder. Some of these are starting points. Like if, if you're a GM, these are starting points for conversation if these conversations take place. Is some team going to view a player differently? Is Are you maybe going to view a player differently than I am? Absolutely. That's what makes trades happening, especially in the NFL, so incredibly tough is it's, it's hard for people to see value with the, you know, with these players and these trades e- evenly and equally on both sides of a deal. 
They're inherently hard to do, which is why we see very, very few of them. But these are some that I could see making sense for the Packers and for the teams that we proposed in these given trades. That's going to do it for me today. Always appreciate you joining me. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Once again, please hit subscribe, like, comment, etc. I'll see you guys tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.